again so much for coming on the podcast. I know our listeners are going to be so excited to hear you. And Thank I'm, you. You know, I'm overjoyed to have you. Um, can you tell, for anyone who may be living under a rock, can you tell the listeners about yourself? Sure. My name is Dr. Jason Campbell. Uh, I recently become known as a TikTok doc. Uh, I hail from Northwest Washington, D.C., born and raised Shepherd Park, if you know the area. I uh, after that, yeah, good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I went down to Emory University in Hotlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, Decatur, Georgia. And uh, there I was captain of the track team and was really fortunate to garner some All-American accolades in the 4x400-meter relay. Uh, and then I was an anthropology and human biology major with a minor in sociology. Um, after Emory, I matriculated back to DC and did AmeriCorps, did uh, City Year, which is an incredible program where you are tutoring and mentoring uh, anywhere from kindergarten up to high school. So we were in the high school, um, Spin Garden Senior High School, uh, and that was just an incredible experience to really focus on somebody else. Uh, mm -hmm. After that, did, a, did some more education at Georgetown to get myself right for medical school and then uh, went to the Ohio State University College of Medicine um, where I really had a, just an incredible experience. A lot of black males there. I graduated with another, I think, eight or nine brothers uh, that are all across this country doing their thing in different specialties from psychiatry to pediatrics to anesthesiology as I am. Uh, and then here I am now as a resident in the Department of Anesthesiology and Perioperative Medicine at Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, PDX, Oregon, out here trying to make change happen. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So was there something specific that made you want to be a physician from the very beginning? Like, did you know, you know, almost coming out the womb, like, this is it. This is what I want to be yeah. a doctor or, and specifically anesthesia. Like, what called you to that field? Yeah, you know, so it's crazy. So this is a great story about how um, <clears throat> it's not limitations, but inevitably how going with the flow or, or trying to see either what God is, is calling you to do is just can be so important. And so uh, for me, uh, my mom is a research scientist. She's an epidemiologist. Mm, uh, Dr. Dr. Lucille Adams Campbell, she was the first black female epidemiologist in the country. So what? she's big time. Yeah, she's wow. So she wasn't the director of the Howard University Cancer Center. Now she's at Georgetown. When she was at Howard, man, it was incredible. It was just all these different shades of black and brown. And they were the researchers, the clinicians, the physicians, uh, the, the, the head of the hospital, the, everybody. And that was the expectation. Just all these knowledgeable and powerful and humble and direct and astute black physicians and healthcare <laughs> providers. And so I grew up in that. Okay. So that helped shape me. You better believe it. And then I, and then I was a track and then I was a track and field athlete. So I thought sports medicine and how much I enjoyed being around and being a part of being able to help others. Okay. Medicine. And in sports, I saw myself, um, I not just saw, I was a patient. And so as a patient, I got to see how these physicians or the orthopedic surgeons and primary care sports medicine doctors were helping me. And I said, you know, medical school would be a, a great, you know, a great next step on to becoming a physician. So I would say probably somewhere in like middle of the high, middle of the high school, I was like, this is the route that I want to go for myself. Right. right. Yeah. And then you said, and you said anesthesiology. So actually I wanted to be a trauma surgeon. I was like, I'm going to be this trauma surgeon, this hype coming in. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to 
health disparities research like my mother does. And inevitably, uh, I had lower standardized examination scores. Um, and they thought, okay, you definitely want to dual apply. And so I said, okay, well, what should I be thinking? And, and I love being in the operating rooms. So I thought anesthesiology, which is still competitive, but arguably not as competitive as general surgery in 2020 or when I applied in 2017. And so then, you know, as I was going through the interview trail, cause I, I dual applied, I applied to both. I had a letter of recommendation. I had four letters of recommendation for anesthesiology, four letters of recommendation for surgery. So wow. this, goes to sh- this, yeah. So this goes to show that whenever you're rotating, if you're a, a third year medical student right now, and if you're a first year medical student, just every interaction that you have, make it count. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I came back to my, anesthesiology mentor in July, two months before I had to apply, saying, hey, I, I would like to apply to anesthesiology. He said, not a problem. We love having you. Send me your resume, send me your personal statement, and I'll get right to it. So, I mean, and I was only with them for a week. So you mm-hmm. got to, you know, you got to, you got you to gotta show up every minute, second, hour counts. Right. Uh, and so, like I said, I chose anesthesiology because there's a very special interaction when you meet someone for five minutes and for five minutes, 10 minutes, that's the chance for them to, to put their trust in you, mm. to believe in you, to trust yeah. you that you're going to keep them safe during this surgery or this surgical procedure where that requires some form of sedation from minimal sedation or moderate to a general anesthetic, you know, where they are completely asleep and need to be intubated because they don't have, you know, control of their airway. So, that's that's what led me to anesthesiology, and I've loved it, and here we are. Wow, excellent. Thanks so much for sharing that. Absolutely. So, um, after the horrific death of George Floyd and just the country paying more attention to the racial injustices that occur against Black people, um, you know, it kind of makes people think about their own areas in life are they seeing these injustices and what are they doing to address it? And, um, you know, in our world, our world, a good part of our world is the hospital and healthcare. Um, You know, there's no secret that there is a lack of black doctors and lack of black healthcare providers. Um, Just in your journey, why do you think that this is the case and what does this, what impact does this have overall? for black community, for both black females and black males? Sure, I mean, just the, the trust factor, and this has been decades of, of mistrust from the black community, and one way to antagonize that, to lessen that, is for them to see physicians, nurses, physician assistants, nurse practitioners that look yeah. like them. Yeah. And so that's what we need to do. We need to increase those numbers, and then we, it, the literature shows that uh, based on what patient history and other factors that, that come into play when it comes to the color of the skin by your provider and your level of trust, that outcomes are better sometimes mm-hmm. when it's a black doctor treating a black patient. So we definitely, I think it's like three, 3%, it's low, somewhere between two to 4% is the number of black physicians in the workforce currently. And we need to, you know, we need to increase that immediately. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I agree. Um, and like what other factors, because that is, like you were saying, that that's a contributor to racial health disparities, but what are some other factors you think that may be contributing to the racial health disparities that we have in this country? 
Oh man, that's a, that's that's a tough question. I mean, uh, lack of access, barriers to access, right? You can have health insurance, but is, is insurance equal? Um, so barriers to access, uh, other comorbidities, certainly uh, food deserts and access to, to proper nutrition, affordability. Uh, there are a lot of factors that are playing a role that we need yeah. to address. Right. Many, many. It, it's a, it's 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 tough. It's sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like it's a never ending solution but no there, there are solutions there are people that want to see those solutions come to fruition and that's what we're going to do we're going to make it happen right right excellent so um one thing i like about you is that you are a strong advocate for um young black boys and young yes. black men um, yes really inspire educate and advocate for them i just love that oh Especially thank you yeah, especially as a mom yeah. of two very young black boys, I mean, I love that, it. That means the world. Um, and let, let me say something real. Yeah. Let me let me chime in real quick because you know sometimes what people will say is, "Oh, and and young black girls," and and I, you know, and I equate that to the all lives matter thing. Thing, it's like there are amazing women, black mm-hmm. women like yourself and others, to advocate for these young black girls. Can the young black boys just get a little bit of love, especially as they are just going through and seeing so much pain and anguish uh, at times, you know, for these young men. And so that's why you see that a lot. So just, you know, if you have listeners that are like, I wish you would say girls too. It's like, oh, I know I have so much love for young black girls, but I'm just trying to focus on those that I truly, where I came from, what I came Mm. out of for a second with that statement. Right, right. Like, why is it so important to still find time to invest in these, but you know, wonderful children? Why? Because um, I, I can only imagine how busy your day is. <laughs> so why yeah, take mean, that time to be like, yeah. you know what? I'm still gonna spend invest some time in these kids. Yeah. So I, I, I hope that it would be I would want to invest regardless. But I had so much investment in me, investment from my parents, investment from big brothers mm-hmm. that were, you know, the brothers that I never had. Um, I, I just have a younger sister. Investment from mentors, mentors that were black, white, Asian. Um, I, I still have, you know, talk about the the assistance I still have from mentors that are like with my writing, okay, or with other avenues that I'm pursuing in medicine, especially, you know, have, you know, one of my mentors, Dr. Ivy, just, you know, sat with me for an hour today virtually, and we reviewed different anesthesia terminology that I'm working on for my examination. So I've had so much help. And, and luckily, I've been put in a place where I was never afraid to ask for help. I don't know when I got over that, or if that was ever something that that bothered me. I think that when I have asked for help, I have received it, and it has clearly made a big difference in my life. So then all of a sudden you're like, why would I, why would I stop? You know, mm. but when people ask for help and they're turned away, imagine how painful that can be and why they would not consequently uh, or subsequently, excuse me, ask for help in the future. Right. So it's, yeah. so when people ask me, ask me for help, I really try to provide some level of assistance at the baseline and then whatever else I can. And, um, I just know that, you know, I, I'm 31 now. And I remember when I was 21 and now 11 and I was like, Oh man, like you are the future. And I'm like, man, the future is now you are the present. You ain't the future anymore. You're too old to be the future. So <laughs> the future is who's coming up behind me. And it's just so important that we invest in them the way that we have been invested in. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Preach, preach. Um, and so just switching gears a bit and talking about, um, cause you've been speaking publicly 
about anxiety and in yeah. the community, this African American community, this is something that's pretty prevalent, you know. And right. Yes. Yeah, many individuals, even if they may have the opportunity, because of course some may not have the opportunity for help to get help, but some have the opportunity, but um, many just kind of sh- choose not to get help with their anxiety. And um, I just wanted to know why have you chosen to speak publicly about that, um, about anxiety? Yeah, no, and absolutely. Anything, for- yeah, is there any message you have for those individuals right now if they're listening? Yes, um, you're not alone. I mean, amen to that. You are not alone. Uh, mental health is real and equivalent to physical health. Yes, I can mm-hmm. see that your that your tibia is is fractured on X-ray. But if you share with me that you are having anxiety or depression, I value that with the same level of uh, sincerity and recognition that we need to get you help, and that whether that help is counseling or a medication or whatever it may be. So it's just so important, especially for our community. I mean, I remember a young, a young person at um, my medical school that because of the culture that they come from, there's a stigma around medication for, for mental health. And it's like, hey, you might not pass this examination. You might not become a doctor if you don't get your nerves under control to be able to sit through this, this tedious and, and anxiety-provoking examination. Get the help. Why would you you sacrifice and jeopardize your future. Like, you know, and so I just say to people, you know, don't sacrifice who you are because of others and their thoughts. Mm. The help that you need. Right, right. Wow. And that kind of leads me to um, one of your posts on Instagram, which I really love, is is a picture of you as a kid and a picture of you now or recently. And yeah. Yeah, you were talking about bullying, and, um, you know, that's something personally that I have experienced, so I really, you know, in the past, so I really appreciate how open you are with that. Um, So I wanted to know if you could just kind of expand on it a little bit, and again, if you could share, you know, a message to those who are bullying, who are being bullied right now, because it is can be a traumatic experience. Yeah, so when it comes to bullying, let's put bullying and teasing together. And like I said, I had a phone call from somebody who gave me a hard time when I was in high school. But since we've gotten older, it's been so much love. And and he mm. says, I appreciate seeing what you have become and who you've become. And that's what I tell the people that are being bullied or teased right now. Like, know that you are going to become a very special person no matter what you do you're just going through a time that unfortunately many of us experience. So to keep your head up, to stay positive, to know that this world needs you, and that if you are getting bullied and are feeling any kind of way that you'd be better off not in this world to get the help that you need, and that kind of ties into the mental health piece. But um, that's definitely my message. Um, It's, you know, you look back on it and you're just like, now you can just smile. But at the time, it was just, you know, everything seemed like it was a big deal. But my dance teacher, you know, I'm a TikTok doc. My dance teacher in high school, she said to me, all the things are small things. Mm-hmm. Right. I came in one day and I was just like annoyed and frustrated by some of the, the teasing or the jesting or the jokes. And she's like, all the things are small things. I know that's not what they teach you. That's not what you've been you've learned. But just trust me, as someone who's older and looking back, that's what it is. So right. I agree. I agree. That's awesome advice. I love that. 
Um, so speaking about, um, you know, kind of how you became the TikTok doc and um, you just really became very well known um, throughout you. the world. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming that you, well, I know that you've gotten a lot of love, but I'm now just completely assuming you've gotten maybe criticism. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> come on now. You know. Yeah. You already know. You, you already know. Yeah. Um. Well, you know what? So the TikTok doc got criticism because it was like, oh, he's dancing in the hospital. Is he taking himself seriously or, you know, the patient seriously? And I had to just let him know that, you know, this is all my, you know, at the end of the day, shoot, I'm not even coming on an off date. So you can call me crazy, but don't say that I'm, you know, jeopardizing patient care. Um, I'm never making fun of a patient. It's always on my own. It's always, you know, just a dance, cha-cha slide, yeah. the, you know shuffle it's not you know teasing the way a patient does something never that um and so that's the uh that, that that's what really the main thing and and now you know but then i think a lot of people are like oh well you know he's just dancing now as they see my message develop which is a message i've always had i've always had this message to support the black community support increasing minorities in medicine support young women uh, and the future women in leadership always have had this platform but for those that didn't realize that, they now see some of the writing and stuff like that. They're like, oh, they, they can't really speak as much anymore, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you get out of silence them hate us. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, why you work so hard? I'm like, yeah. I work so hard. I still, I, still, I still got somebody who's still talking smack two, 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 store, two doors down that I got I to gotta bring, bring the fire. So, you know, okay. that's a big chip on my shoulder. Big chip on my shoulder. Right. And then, I mean, and I feel like that happens when people are in the spotlight. You are going to have those haters. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. But are you doing it yeah, a woman, doing your passion say, because of them? <laughs> right. Exactly. No, right. You, you, you eye on the prize. Stay focused. Be true. Because even with some of the haters, I have had so much overwhelming support. It's just in my personality. You know, I can get nine evaluations. This guy is the best resident we've ever had. This guy put this patient to sleep like no other and woke him up. Like, I could have nine of those, but if one's like, ah, he's okay, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's up? What's up? What are, you know, so that's, uh, but I think that that is, uh, you know, I would share with your listeners that that is something that I think makes me good at what I do and, and separates me. I really do sometimes focus maybe even to my detriment on the maybe negative or not as positive, but I don't, I don't, I don't hark on that. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. let that cloak cover me i just say i want to investigate that i don't want to push that to the side now some people let that literally fill their mind and and that's it and i'm like no 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 that's not that's not me that's not what i'm i'm gonna be right because like you're saying there's so many more people that were just so you know really inspired by what you're doing because it's hard when you're working those long shifts like 13 hours 14 hours 15 hours and you're like oh my gosh and then you see a great inspiring like fun dancing Thank video you. you're like yeah and, and these people think that i'm like oh he's, he's he's doing this all day i'm like man that was five minutes this is talent baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah but people don't understand how you can be a doctor and dance and write you know people are like you can only you're only allowed to do one thing Thanks, Karen. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That. I mean, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, um, I with kind of the pandemic and everything that's going on, um, you know, this podcast focuses on health for the healthcare professional. And right. With 
just kind of the long hours that you have and the pandemic and just everything really that's going on in the world. How do you protect your health and improve your health, like physical, emotional, mental? And like, what are some of those tips that you could share with the listeners? Yeah, I know you can see me. I know your listeners cannot see me, but you see that I'm outside. So being outside, the air, um, watching the sunset, uh, not watching the sunrise, that's a little early and, and or I'm in the hospital, but I might snap a quick picture. Um, down here, maybe within 30 steps, and I might 30 to 40 steps is the waterfront. It's the, the riverfront. So literally um, setting myself up to be able to go on a run along the river, other things like that. That's what it's all about. That's mm-hmm. what um, rejuvenates me. And that's what people think like, oh, why do you rejuvenate? I mean, like, if I go watch a, a really incredible track meet or do, go coach some of the athletes that I work with um, in cross country or track, like that's rejuvenating to me. Seeing young people do what they love, what I used to love and still love that's rejuvenating to me. So it's all about what rejuvenates you doing that. So rejuvenating to you is sitting on the couch for like three hours and like not talking to anyone. And that's what you need to do. If rejuvenating to you is going and seeing in your gospel choir on Sunday, then every Sunday you need to be at that gospel choir as long as your schedule allows. Like it's, it's, mm. it's not really letting other people dictate how you recover. Right. Cause for me, right. I, I can go run three miles blazing and I'm like, huh, I'm tired, but I'm like, I am rejuvenated. So I think if I ran three miles, I would be exhausted and in pain and, and frustrated. And I'm like, man, no, none of those words even resonate with me and uh, the way that I get down when I run. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 yeah. It's just, that's my therapy. So, mm. yeah. Excellent, excellent. So uh, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, I, I, I implore you to open up your Twitter game if that's something that you are not used to. You can find me at Dr. <laughs> I feel like you're talking to me specifically. I'll <laughs> ah, nah, get you there. Yeah, no matter what the social media platform, you can find me at Dr. JC of the DC. That's at D R J C O F T H E D C would love to hear from you. Reach out to me. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you being on the podcast. And again, like I said, I'm sure all all of our listeners are going to be thrilled to hear from you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was great. Wonderful questions. Thank you for having me.